0: We shout that name together. The Bible says there's salvation in no other name than the name of Jesus. And salvation comes through His name. Healing comes through His name. That's why in this day and hour they try to get you away from the name don't you know, want you say in the name of Jesus you can say God you can say father you can say son none of that means anything that's just titles but when you begin to put a name to who God is one God and his name is Jesus one of the greatest things the church has and I say the church the apostolic church is a revelation of who God is and that name that has been revealed to you and I. It's what causes devils to tremble. It's what causes governments to shake. Because people recognize the name that's above every name. There's deliverance in that name. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. I've asked the question, you either gonna confess it now Or you're going to confess it down on the other end of eternity. I'd rather confess it now. He's Lord of all. He's Lord over sickness. Sunday school, you're dismissed this morning. The beautiful spirit of worship, praise, and thanksgiving is here today. an urgency in the in the hour, you can feel it. Those that have a spiritual ear, they're hearing it, and, um, and and it's it's causing such a advancement of the kingdom, the purpose of God, the kingdom of God. People that can hear uh, this this urgent plea. Uh, you know here's the thing Jesus is depending on us We're the carriers Of his mercy His glory His presence And he chose us to be the ones In this last day Hour Moment Epic moment is what the Bible calls it Right before his coming so If there's anything you and I Are ever going to do for him it's going to live for him I would encourage you do it now do it now I I go back to some of the men I esteem in the word of God and and, uh, Brother trees, one of them and other men that I've spoken to and heard from and here's here's what he could come at any moment any moment any moment don't put off Don't put it off, lest you be caught, left in His coming. If you got your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, verse 32. What shall I say more, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness. Were made strong. Waxed violent in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. And others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. That they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yet moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered in the sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith, Receive not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Verse 34, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness was made strong. I want to preach here today from a real simple thought, the advantage of weakness. The advantage of weakness if you would lift your hands lift your voice and let's ask God to talk to us today Jesus we need you today speak to our heart our spirit talk to us let your word penetrate our heart our mind let it penetrate us Lord we want to be ready for your coming we want to please you We want to walk softly before you. But God, in it all, we want to have a relationship with you. I ask you today, let that be in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. This this Hebrews 11 uh, is is one of my favorite. Well, they're, they're all my favorite. There's just not many verses you could find in the Word of God that you wouldn't spark uh, my attention by you reading it. There's just always something there. I know uh, even uh, people kind of look at Leviticus. I remember the day when I'd read the book of Leviticus and it was a struggle, uh, but that's changed. And now I look forward to to seeing the, the, the nuggets and treasures of God's Word uh, coming to life in the book of Leviticus. There's such profound truths there. Hebrews is, is one. And this chapter 11 is probably one of the most familiar uh, passages that we, we preach from. It's what we commonly call the hall or the uh, heroes of faith. It just gives a list from the beginning uh, all the way down through uh, the, to the end. Uh, naming Old Testament heroes of faith. I've read this chapter many times, and it's always been a point or a question for me. What was it that set them apart that's not just faith? We know it's faith, and every man's got a measure of faith. No matter who you are, you've got faith. And that's, that's a common statement, and we believe that. But what was it in these particular men and women Uh, that walked with God then, that had something that marked them so differently that they were pinned in here. I know many other characters of the Old Testament are not listed in here. That doesn't mean they did not have faith. What it's telling us is there was something about these people that went beyond just faith. Faith was the foundation. Faith was the thing that launched them and propelled them. But there was other qualities. There were other characteristics. There were other things in them that caused them to stand out head and shoulders above everybody else. It's it's been asked, what is it that makes them stand out? Well, for today's purpose, we're going to talk about Gideon. Judges chapter 7 is the the main scriptural text that I I didn't read it. I'm just going to tell you the story. Gideon was a man that, that his beginnings were very humble. He started very small. He started even in his own eyes. He, when God called him for the task at hand, Gideon said, I'm the least. My family's the smallest. There's nothing about us that would merit you picking me. There's nothing about me that would cause you to want it. I'll I be honest with you when I hear and, and and hear his story preached and taught and read it myself. I'll be honest. I look at Gideon and go, Yeah, you're right. You you really ain't all that, fella. You, you, you miss and you would think the call of God came to him and he would rise with such a, a strong, resilient, I, I can do this. And what you find many times for me and you and even them of the Old Testament listed in the hall or the heroes of faith, you find even in them their humanity sometimes gets the best of them. You find in, in the beginning and all of these people that, that, that are so great and wonderful and we preach their messages and we try to model our life after them along with Jesus Christ. We still find the weaknesses that they all face. It's not something that's aloof to you and I. It's not something foreign. But if I can find a common ground, man... I'm not as far off base as I thought I was. (laughs) I'm not as crazy as I thought I was. I'm not as backslidden as I thought I was. Because I didn't rise at that moment and say, God's going to take this and God's going to do it. There are days that I don't have that affirmative, Brother Fontenot. There's days that sometimes I know inside me it's boiling and I want to declare that all things are possible. But somewhere from my heart to my mouth, there's a broken channel. And I just don't say what I know God can do and declare. That's why I'm such a strong proponent of I've got to get beyond my flesh. I've got to get beyond that broken channel. And somewhere between my heart and my mouth, there's got to be an open channel of praise and declaration and thanksgiving unto God. Because the Bible says, for confession is made. Something happens when you open your mouth and say, Jesus is Lord. Something happens. But what about the days that I can't say that sometimes because I feel so far from him. I feel so at a a distance, not because of sin in my life. Yes, that is a factor. If sin's a part of it, then you are going to feel distant from God. But when it's not a sin issue, sometimes it's a weakness issue. Sometimes it's just I I don't have the strength sometimes to lift my voice, lift my hands and and say what I know is right. I'm not justifying. I'm not trying to make excuses for because where today I'm weak, there's something that's going to arise tomorrow that's going to change this situation. And you and I can't ever lose sight of the fact that from day to day God promises I'm going to be with you until the end. And Gideon gets the call and he's reluctant in his call. But then somewhere he begins to learn. He begins to pick up in his beginning stages. that Hold on here. God's with me and God's for me. But you can still pick up in the scripture that there's an unsurety, Brother Roger. Because he says, God, if you're really for me, I'm going to fleece. I'm going to put something out in the yard and and I need it to be dry and wet. And he goes through the whole spiel and ritual of all of that. So he's still struggling and trying to find what God can do and what God will do. And finally we come to Judges chapter 7. And the Midianites have taken over. The Midianites are people that their, their name means contentious brawlers fighters you're gonna face situations in me and your life that's gonna have more grit in its gut than you got in yours and the world tries to tell you and I come on if you're gonna get beyond that you're gonna to have to beef up a little bit everything in this world society and mindset today is all about self-image it's all about you better get smarter, you better get bigger, you better get stronger. Back in the earlier days, you better be able to fight and scrap and scrumble, And you better better get, if not, you're going to get beat. But there are some battles that it's not your battle to fight. There are some battles that you and I are going to face that it ain't a matter how big your biceps are, how big your hamstrings are, how big you are and how tough you are and how vehement you are about winning there. There's sometimes you're going to find yourself weak and I'm here to declare to you there's an advantage in being weak because when you're at your lowest, God is going to be at his strongest. Sometimes you've got to be weak that he can be strong. We have frowned down, and especially as men, it's frowned down upon. Oh, you just being weak. Quit being so weak. And what we've created is we've created a group of men that can't recognize what true strength is. They can't recognize it because strength is in how much money you got. Strength is in what kind of car you drive. Strength is in who you know in politics. Strength is in what you've got in your physical appearance of being stronger or some some male. That's what the world has propagated to you and I. But let me tell you, in God's economy, you you can be broke and have a revelation of God that's far more greater than the money you got. You can have nothing tangibly. But if you got God, you got everything you need because He said, I'll provide and meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. But the struggle is trying to keep with the mindset of, well, I got to be this. And we start comparing ourselves to one another. not a matter of how smart you are. not a matter how much money you got. It's not a matter of how, how strong you are in your body. It's not a what you got and 401Ks and IRAs and CDs and all that stuff set away. You hear me. In one moment, this thing is going to crash and everything you and I got in the bank is going to wake up one day and it ain't going to be a lick of good. The dollar bill ain't going to be no good. I tell you what I'm going to do. I thank God for the money. I thank God for the blessings. But you hear me. My faith and in the Benjamin Franklin, my faith and in George Washington, my faith and in Congress, my faith and in the Democrats or the Republicans, my faith is this. When I'm at my weekend, I've got the greatest advantage of victory like I've never seen before I'm preaching to somebody this morning you're going through a valley and you don't know if you're going to come out and the enemy's told you you're not strong enough you're not good enough and you're never going to make it I declare to you you've got the greatest advantage in the kingdom of God when you're down to nothing God is about to move into your world I can remember times Brother Mike, I was, when I was at my lowest, mentally, spiritually, whatever, financially, physically, nothing was working right. Nothing was coming together. But it was in that lowest place, I'd go to him in prayer and I'd begin to talk to him. And Brother Roger, as I talked to him in prayer, something began to move in that prayer that never moved when my pockets were full and my health was great and I had strength. I'm not advocating you and I got to be some cripple. Bro, I believe the church needs to be blessed. I believe the people of God need to be blessed financially, physically, mentally, spiritually. I believe that. But there are times like in Gideon's world when you ain't going to have all of that. And if you and I base my living for God based upon how much money I got in the bank or how well my mind is working listen folks my mind's only working about half the time and the older I get it's getting a little bit less I'm about 70 30 right now for the good for the good I got 30% working y'all are on a lucky day it's working right now but my my faith, Brother Fontenot, ain't predicated in my brain working, my, it ain't predicated on my back working, it ain't predicated on what's going on outside. It's predicated on one thing. I have found when I'm at my weakest, when my faith is struggling the most, when my mind ain't working like it should, when my body ain't working like it should, when people are stacked against me and people are talking against me, everything's not going in my face. I'm at my weakest. But really, God's at his strongest, and God's ready to. To do something for somebody today because you're at your weakest. Well, I, uh, I, I, I'm not gonna show nobody that I'm 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 not Arnold Schwarzenegger. I ain't gonna show nobody that I'm not. Gideon didn't have a choice. And watch how Gideon had unfolded. The Midianites are in place. They're contentious. Kyle, they're wanting to fight with everything under the sun. You would think, God says, I'm going to raise up a double, triple army and squash them like a bug. Don't work that way. God was more interested in teaching a lesson to Gideon. Because if I can get the lesson taught to my man, it ain't about the numbers, Gideon. God can do more with less than he can with greater. And we got this world concept, well, I got to have gra- I, Again, I say, I want the blessing of God. I believe it's on the church, and we need these things to further. But you hear me. God will take six people out of this congregation, move you up through the ranks of blessing and favor and anointing, and take those six people and further this church where it needs to go. God don't need a majority. God will take for whosoever wills got a heart for it. And Gideon was the one he picked. And watch how this started. Midian, contentious, brawlers, fighters are at the door, Brother Bushnell. And here's what happened. Israel had 32,000 men. And God says, it's too much. Now, I don't know about you, but me and God don't think the same way. (laughs) Maybe you think like that. I don't think that way. I'm thinking I want a stacked house. If I'm going to a fight, I want to have all the big guys right here behind me, and I'll be the mouth, and then I'll duck behind them and let them do the fighting. That's my kind of fighting. He said that's too many people. Get rid of them. And right at the beginning of seven, chapter seven of Judges, he sends twenty-two thousand. People home. What? It would be about me, like we said, we're in the middle of no man's land. And we got enemies all around us. And God says, I just need two people to go to that place and I'm going to defeat thousands of people. The odds just don't make sense. 10,000 go home. And they're left with 10,000 to do the battle. And God says, okay, we're going to do something else. I want you to take them to the water. (laughs) Oh, that kind of preaches good right there. I want you to take them to the water. Water has always been a dividing line of the real and the fake. Uh Uh-oh, I wish I had about three comrades with me right now because I feel like I'm by myself in Russia. Take them to the water. The water was going to be a dividing line between what's real and what's not real. Can I help somebody? Just let me slip it in because it just preaches real good right now. Baptism is always going to be the dividing line for the real and what's not the real. The Bible says repent be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Your sins are remitted when repentance in Jesus' name baptism is taking place. But here's the greater one. It says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Who shed the blood? Jesus. So if that name ain't called over me in baptism, when I go under that water, remission of sins does not take place. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Who shed the blood? Jesus. You can't find nowhere in Scripture. I'll give you $50,000 that I ain't got, but I'll find somebody and borrow it. If you can show me anywhere in Scripture that the Father died, it's not in Scripture. He ain't got no blood. A spirit ain't got no blood. There's only one that had blood, and that's God manifested in the flesh through the man, Jesus Christ. And when he shed blood, now that blood, the remission of sins can take place. I'll quote it again. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. What Peter was trying to say is, if you want your sins remitted and taken away, it's got to be in the name of Jesus. If I go down in water and it's not in the name of Jesus, my sins are are not remitted that means I'm going to walk around every day with my sin but to the church that understands when you go down in the water in the name of Jesus I am free from the sins of yesterday people get the Holy Ghost all the time and it is essential that's resurrection power I preach that But the battle now, that's why you got a lot of people, they'll go, and everybody's talking about the Holy Ghost, getting the Holy Ghost. But here's what they talk about. Holy Ghost is like just an additive you put in your body. I'm going to use some secular terms here. They call the Holy Ghost, just like STP. Anybody know what STP is? It's just an additive you put in your tank to get better gas mileage. And people think the Holy Ghost is not essential. It's just an added gift you get if you want or you don't. The Holy Ghost is essential. He said, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to them that are far off. And as many as the Lord our God shall call. He said, this is an essentiality. This is not an option. Holy Ghost getting it is not just a little hookah, a little tongue talking experience. It's the Spirit of God living in you, and it's essential to when He. Don't make me start going through the scripture and giving a Bible study. Romans 8 said, if the same Spirit dwells in Christ, if it dwells in you, when He calls you in our home, then there's going to be a quickening agent that's going to get you up off the ground. The Holy Ghost is essential for when He calls you in our home. You got a lot of people saying the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. And it's not essential. It's just something you get as a blessing. You know what? I'm not going to even really bite on that bone because I can feel it today. It's yapping at me. I'm going to go to the one that really does matter. You can't ever tell me anywhere in Scripture where they weren't all baptized in the name of Jesus. Even the earliest writers, 100, 200 all baptized in Jesus name and then 300 comes up AD and they started killing those that were baptized in Jesus name because then they started making up some mindset now that there are three gods It don't work that way. There's only one God, hero Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And that God manifested himself. The dividing line is always the water. Am I going to be baptized in Jesus' name or am I going to be baptized in a title? I, I preach to a church today and a people that wants to do everything that's pleasing unto God. And to that heart, God will pour out his blessings on, his favor on, and his help. now Gideon's down there with the water he said bring them down there and brother, the way this story is just so neat to me because he says get the men to drink brother Langley and he said the ones that do it like the dog basically lap bring it with their hand and drink like this and then told me the ones that do it another way 90 700 men laid on their belly and did it wrong. I'm counting. I'm in a personal timeout. Because I'm trying to be on my best behavior. You mean to tell me? All these other people that claim to be Christians are wrong? You mean all these people that profess Christianity? You mean you're the only one right and all of them are wrong? God's not in the majority. Come see me after church. I'll give you another Bible lesson on that. But let's just let the scripture speak for itself today. 9,700 were wrong and only 300 were right. 9,700? Now, he, yeah, sure, we can look at it. He's just saving their carcass. But really, when you look at Israel, it was an honor to go fight for the country. And God just said, no. Find me those, Brother Brian, those scriptures. Lexi had them. It was whatever. Just start with the list. I got three of them there. 1 Corinthians, I think 1 and 27 was the first one. I think. I don't remember. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound. Weakness confounds the world. Because the world says strength is in who you know. Strength is in what you possess. Strength is what you have tangibly He's saying no And God chose the weak things To confound You know what the word confound means brother Wade It means to dishonor and bring to shame You know what God just said is I'm fixing to shame the world With their measure of what strength is I'm fixing to show the world what truth strength is. It's not in a majority. It's in a minority that's willing to do what's right and what's pleasing to God. God will take a minority. He can take five people and use those five people to evangelize. He had 12 apostles and he evangelized. There was no organization. There was no organized effort. 12 men evangelize Asia Minor. God said, I'll take the weakness and I'm going to turn it because I'm going to put the world, the things that are mighty, I'm going to put what y'all think is mighty, I'm going to put it to shame. That's why you and I, you think about this martial law, let's say the whole government collapses and all this kind of stuff, I'm hoping we're out of here before then. I believe pre-trib, we're out of here. But let's just say, some of it starts coming to our doorstep. And you got a Sherman tank shows up outside, and a bunch of military guys show up outside. Folks, it's already there now in Canada. You can't preach certain things, you're going to be put in jail. That's already wanting to come to North America. Before long, they're going to try to fetter the pulpit, that you're not going to be able to preach what you freely know the Word of God says is true. They're going to try to fetter that as well. And how are we going to handle when they start coming in and martial law or all these things could be declared? I don't know. I'm not prophesying. I'm just saying, what are you going to do when they try to shut down church? They already tried to do it with COVID. What are you and I going to do when they come to the back door and they say, this thing's out. You're done. Stop. Stop. And they use the strength of the world to try to shut everything down. And you're looking at a bunch of defenseless people that have no weapons. We have nothing to defend ourselves. What you and I need to remember and don't ever forget, our God is for us. I might not have a gun in my pocket and I don't need one. But if God's on my side, I may look the weakest, but really I'm the strongest. Because God's for me. God's helping me. God's leading me. And God's going to protect me. Go to the next verse, brother Brian. Therefore, this is Paul, still in Corinth. He says, therefore I take pleasure in infirmity, reproach and assess persecution and for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak. You know what Paul was just saying? Same thing I said in the very beginning. When things are down and things are not working out in me and your personal life, struggles and battles are taking place. Our mind is under attack. You go to God in prayer. Because I'm telling you what I know. You're gonna find a strength to God. But what we do when things get bad, what do we do? We escape. The Bible says, I'll put no temptation on you, but such as man should, should bear. But with every temptation, I'll make a way of escape. I'm paraphrasing. He said, I'll make a way of escape. But here's what happens when the pressure comes and difficulty in life comes and struggles in life comes, we make our own escape instead of letting God make our escape. So we find an outlet, we pick up the phone, we go to social media, we get our mind off of these things and inherently, I'm not saying they're wrong, what I'm saying is this, you've got to let him show you how strong he is in your weakness before I turn to something else that can never give me the strength to get through what I'm going through. God will always orchestrate it that you will not have what you need. But Sean, if my need when things get rough is to call, mine would have been I'd call Brother Ewan. Well, God just moved him out. God will let the Wi Fi go down and your social media crash. Uh, I got y'all's attention right there. Oh, God, what am I going to do without Two Face? I mean, Facebook. Because that's what it is. Right. Nobody wants to admit it. If we'd use it for good, then great. But we don't. What we're going to do when these things are taken from us. And you're standing as a minority. Not seg- racial. Throw that out your mind. I'm talking about it's just you. Maybe just you and your wife in the middle of a valley. Your mom and daddy can't bail you out of. Your aunt and uncle can't bail you out of. Your pastor can't bail you out of. The church can't bail you out of. The Republicans and Democrats can't bail you out of it. A stimulus check ain't going to bail you out of it. What you going to do, Hayden, when none of these things bail us out? And you're there like Gideon. I wonder, Brother Darrell, when he got up with the 300 men that did it right, I wonder if Gideon looked at it and goes, I wonder if he had flashbacks when first God, God first called him. Are you kidding me, God? Oh, no, we don't want to get honest like that because we don't talk that way. Brother Bush, you know, I went sometime to God saying, God, you got to be kidding me. I know you know all things, and you're the supreme, and I, I reverence you, respect you. I'm not double-charging you or disrespecting you. But, God, my little pea brain cannot comprehend your math. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I I don't know how. Hey, Gideon, did he have a moment? No. See, because God had to get a lesson to that young man. Listen, Gideon, this ain't about your numbers. This ain't about how strong you are. I tried telling you that in the beginning, Gideon. You came to me and told me what I already knew about you. You're the least of the tribe. You're the smallest. You're not the smartest. You're not the greatest. I wish we would get honest. I don't know. That's when people come and say, Brother Wall, what's the answer? You know, I love, my favorite one now. I don't know. I ain't God. I don't know. Now, if he tells me, yeah. But if he don't, I sure love I don't know. Because he gets me off the hook for if this thing crashes and burns. <laughs> Go to that last verse, Brother Brian, Corinthians. This is the one I really love. That iPad real quick. Brother Brian, go to Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 13, 4. 2 Corinthians thirteen, four. 2 Corinthians 13 and 4. Here he is, he's closing this thing out. 2 Corinthians Paul and he says, "For though he was crucified through weakness." Here's the picture. Jesus, what time is it? Yeah. Jesus. I mean, he's just awesome. He just came down, brother Charlie to the devil's playground got in their sandbox and took sand and threw it in their eyes and said aha don't mess with me when Jesus came and died and resurrected brother Wade it sent a time bomb in the spirit realm and here's what it said what I just did through my death, burial, and resurrection, what I just did confounded the smartest of theologians that thought they had it all figured out. I'm trying to help somebody today that you think you got it all figured out. I'm the preacher, Brother Bushnell. I got the mic. I don't have it all figured out. I got about a grain of sand of understanding Of the word of God. And when he died and was buried. He sent that to all of them saying. Through he was crucified through weakness. You thought. That I. Could not. Do what I said I could do. Jesus right before they took him in the garden. Remember this. When he was in the garden brother Roger. And all the guards. Guards. I want to say under armor. Blah. (laughs) It didn't come out right, Mark. Under armor. No, the guards. How did I get that from that? The guards came for Jesus, sissy. Now watch what happened. When all those guards came, Jesus didn't pick up a sword, Mike. Peter did because he was using the wisdom of man to show how skillful. I'm going to I'm gonna defend you, Jesus. That's why some of these said, I'm going to defend the gospel. You know what? The gospel can stand on its own. I don't have to beef it up, punch it up, cotton candy it up, Teflon it up. I don't have to do none of that. The gospel stands all by itself, Brother Sean. And Peter gets the sword and he goes to whacking. And Jesus says, hold on, put that away. I'm fixing to show you the advantage of weakness. Watch. Are you him? And Jesus responds, I am. And when Jesus said, I am, the whole bunch of guards fell on their back. Why? Because when he said, I am, That was the declaration of God when Moses was at the burning bush in Exodus 3 and 4. And Moses is there. Moses said, who do I say sent me to break these Israelites out of Egypt? And God speaks back to him. Just tell them, Mo, I am that I am. What Jesus was saying that day was is there's more power in me than what you see on the outside. And the power is in my word, not in how strong I am with an army of men. So when he said, I am, he was telling everybody, if you want to know where God is, if you want to know where the creator of the universe is, if you want to know where the redeemer is, if you want to know where the comforter is, it's right here, I am that I am. I'm your healer. I'm your savior. I'm your deliverer. And the word moved. The word of God came out of his mouth and they fell backwards. But you see, the world could not perceive where the power really lied. In the word. That's why people say, we don't need the word. Musicians, y'all come quick. Y'all go ahead and come. He said, be, we don't need the Word. The Word of God now has become just a book that only the preacher reads. It never should be that way. Your power is in the Word that when you're weak in your physical body, when you're weak, folks, listen, let's just be factual here. We're all going to die. Man, I just got stars for a positive preacher. We're all going to die, Brother Fontenot. The question is just When? Now, I'm going to pray and believe, but until then, if God says, hey, time to go home, it's time to go home. My physical is going to go away, but that which is eternal in me never goes away. Why would I put my investment on things that are going to fade away? I'm going to put my investment in the things eternal. I need the word of God to help me day in and day out. But now hold on. Oh, preacher, that don't make a lick of sense. You just hollering, screaming, spitting, doing nothing. That ain't doing anything. No, you hear me. He was crucified in weakness. What the world calls weakness is really an advantage for you and I. Yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in Him. You know what that means, Brother Sean? I don't have the answers. I'm in Him. I'm in Jesus Christ. I need Him to help me make the right decisions. That's why people say, Benoit, do you really pray about everything you do? Yeah. Every decision, every meeting. Everything I do, and many times I couple it with fasting as well. Because I want to make sure that Scott Benoit is so buried in the dirt and dead that the will of God can move through my mind, my heart, my spirit for the furthest of the kingdom. But to the world, that is the stupidest thing I ever heard of. For we are weak in him. Well, here it is. But we live with him by power of God. If you want to have power with God, you got to be weak sometimes. Don't look at weakness as a disadvantage. Look at weakness in God as an advantage. And what you need to start doing is looking because the power of God is fixing to manifest itself to you, to your family, to your situation. It's going to change. Next verse. And I'm done. Here's what he says. You need to examine yourself. And this is what we need to do today. I'm not giving you something It's just kind of off the cuff here, this is what I do every day, Dad. this is what I do. People have come to me and said, Brother Benoit, how do you preach like you preach? And you know what I can tell them? I don't have a clue. They want me to give them a formula, Brother Bushnell. Okay, I fasted 21 days, stopped for five, went another 21 days, stopped for two, and here's the algorithm. I didn't do that, Brother Wade didn't put it into a a program per se. Here's what I did. I examined myself whether I be in the faith or not. Because here's what it's saying. When I'm weak, hear me, I'm closing. When I am weak, I'm still in faith. For years, brother Shawn, the devil beat me up and said, my faith wasn't good enough because I'm weak. God says, when I'm weak, examine yourself. Are you still in faith? I ain't changed the doctrine. I'm still here, God. The fact that you would go to God in prayer in your valley, that's faith. We made faith so hard. You're here today. That's faith. You lifted your hands. That's faith. You opened your mouth. That's faith. You pray tomorrow. That's faith. But that doesn't mean you're not going to have weak moments. He said examine yourself. Know ye not your own. Don't you know yourself? How that Jesus Christ is in you. Except you become reprobate." What he's saying is don't put your trust in your ability. Keep it in him. Just keep it in him, Brother Butch. If I keep my trust in Him, my faith in Him, when the weaknesses come, God will do what He did for Gideon. And here's what He did: He took the 300 men, and they defeated the Midian. One of the greatest stories. They used they used pitchers. Let's go to a gunfight with a pitcher. They used a pitcher and a trumpet. Last time I checked, they ain't sharp. They broke the pitcher. The light shined in the picture and Gideon, the Midianites said, uh-oh, it's nothing more than the army of Gideon. There wasn't an army, it was 300 men. That's a church. That ain't an army. And they defeated him based upon the weakness that the world says he has. When you find favor in God, there's nothing that God cannot do for you and through you. Stand with me. Here's what the Lord, I feel so challenged in the Spirit today to help somebody to understand this just simple, simple, simple thought. What the world is calling a disadvantage, God is calling an advantage as long as you keep your hand in His. That no matter how weak I may feel in my home, my family, my marriage, my finances, my health, my relationships. If I stay with Him, that weakness can become a strength. And you'll see the power of God move. Folks, we're in a day now, we need to see the power of God more than we've ever seen it before. People are so tired of humdrum church and just kind of come and their lives are not changed. But you know what? When the power of God's in that building... Lives are changed, hearts are transformed, and families get back on track again. If that's you here today, I think it's, hey, it's me, the preacher. Let's lift our hands right now. Let's ask God, God, examine me. Help me, God. I examine myself. What is it from my past? What is it from my yesterdays? What is it in my heart? God, I'm going through a time right now. I feel so weak. God, I need you to talk to me right now i need you to speak to my heart right now come on lift your voice right now ask god to talk to us there's all of us here tonight we're today we're facing weakness i'm trying to encourage you right now it's not a bad thing that you may feel weak god's for you right now step out of that pew come on let's all come together as a front we're going to ask god today here's what we need we need a revelation and an understanding that God is with us and for us. That first starts in faith. But without a confirmation and a witness of that faith, that faith becomes weary frustrated. I felt it on so many of you coming in. We've been preaching backsiders come home, backsiders come home. And some of your backsitting kids haven't come yet. But I want you to take a look over your shoulder and look at all the visitors that are here today. What's God doing? Well, I'll tell you what he's doing. The backslider and the new are all part of the revival that God's going to do in Indian Village. I say again, this goes beyond Indian Village. This is southwest Louisiana. It's going to go to kinder. It's going to go north. It's going to go south. You're going to see blinded eyes open. There's going to be people that's going to come in in wheelchairs, and they're going to get up out of the wheelchair. Why? Because God found a people, an apostolic church that recognizes, I may be weak today, but it's in the advantage of weakness that God shows his power. Cancers will fall off new hearts will be formed there's a power that's in this place here today if you need healing in your body throw your hands up right now by the authority of the name of Jesus God I pray you touch the heart touch the mind right now come on lift your voice right now lift your voice right now by the authority of the name of Jesus God touch the heart touch the mind touch their spirit right now God, let healing virtue begin to flow right now into that heart, into that body. Body, come on, the power of God's here. I need some saints of God that'll lift their voice right now. Come on, lift your voice, saint of God. In Jesus' name, right now, by the authority of the name of Jesus.